Raven was one of ECW's greatest ever characters when he debuted in 1995. Scott Levy had struggled with badly fitting gimmicks in WCW and the WWF during the early 90s, but with Raven, it was a role that fit him like a glove. And yet, when Raven joined the WWF in the year 2000, everything changed. He was a shadow of his former self. In this video, we're going to take a closer look at the career of Raven, and we will try and get to the bottom of how and why his career in the WWF was such a massive waste of time. In 1992, Scott Levy got his first taste of success in the wrestling business when WCW signed him to a contract and gave him the surfer dude character of Scotty Flamingo. Flamingo experienced some success in WCW's light heavyweight division where he won the light heavyweight championship from Brian Pillman. The future seemed bright for Flamingo. He was charismatic and he was decent in the ring. Unfortunately, he fell out with Bill Watts, who was head booker at the time, and so he jumped to the WWF. In the Federation, Scotty Flamingo morphed into spoilt rich kid Johnny Polo. He was a manager for the likes of Adam Baum and the Quebecers, and he was briefly a colour commentator on Monday Night Raw, and he hosted the short-lived Radio WWF. Occasionally, he was allowed to step into the ring where he wrestled against names like Owen Hart and the 123 Kid. You wouldn't have known it from his performance at the time, but Levy was frustrated at having to play the Johnny Polo character, as it was a million miles away from his real-life self. Also around this time, Levy was hitting the town hard with Shane, Vince McMahon's son. Vince McMahon was really unhappy with this and started to see Levy as a corrupting influence on his son and so, in October 1994, he left the company. It wasn't long before Levy emerged in ECW where he debuted as the Raven character. Raven looked like a grungy mid-90s rocker and he carried a pissed off kind of demeanour. He felt like he had a simmering resentment towards the world and the character fit the ethos of ECW perfectly. This new character allowed Levy to fully utilise his incredible hypnotic promo skills alongside his in-ring talent. At this time in ECW, Tommy Dreamer had been doing everything he could to get over as a babyface with the crowd. His willingness to absorb a huge amount of punishment at the hands of the Sandman finally tipped the balance for him and the fans accepted him as one of their own. However, that would change entirely the night that Raven made his ECW debut. The backstory was that Dreamer and Raven knew each other from summer camp when they were kids, and Dreamer had bullied Raven and his overweight girlfriend, Beulah McGillicutty. Now, Raven was back in Dreamer's life and he wanted revenge. They embarked on an intense feud with each other. It was a great introduction to the Raven character. But as intense as the feud between Raven and Dreamer was, his beef with the Sandman took things to a whole new level and even involved psychological warfare. Raven became almost like a cult leader as he brainwashed the Sandman's wife and son and turned them against him. His wife Laurie and son Tyler joined Raven's cult known as the Raven's Nest. The betrayal caused the usually tough Sandman to break down in the middle of the ring. 
This led to one of the most violent and memorable moments in ECW history, which saw the despicable Raven hoist the Sandman, who was unconscious at the time, up onto a makeshift crucifix. They even placed a crown of barbed wire on his head. Raven had countless memorable moments in ECW and he proved that he had a great mind for the business as he collaborated with Paul Heyman to make his ideas come to life. Raven's promo skills were incredible too. Some of them were almost terrifying to watch and he really made you believe in the character. By 1997, WCW came calling. By now, Eric Bischoff had made WCW the number one American wrestling promotion and for Scott Levy, it was a no-brainer to sign a contract with the company. The Raven character was so good that Bischoff even allowed him to keep the gimmick. And considering how strong the glass ceiling was in WCW at the time, it's a miracle to look back and see just how much momentum Raven was allowed to get in the company. He made a personal request to have his own faction, which Bischoff granted, and so the flock was born. The flock featured names like Billy Kidman, Perry Saturn, Stevie Richards and Canyon. Raven and Saturn even won the World Tag Team Championship. When Perry Saturn turned on Raven, they went on to have a really good mid-card feud, which ended up being one of Saturn's best ever rivalries. Raven also had one of the most underrated feuds in WCW history against DDP, which saw him win the United States Championship at Spring Stampede 1998. Over a couple of years, Raven had a pretty entertaining run in WCW during its hottest period. However, frustration started to set in. Despite some strong booking in the company, Levy thought that he could do better elsewhere. He was 35 years of age and he wanted to be the top guy while he was still in his prime, not an upper mid-carder. In 1999, Eric Bischoff called a talent meeting backstage and he opened the door for anyone who wanted to leave the company to do so, regardless of their contract situation. Raven was the first person to stand up and say he wanted out of his contract. In a shoot interview, he said, The other guys started calling WWE on the payphones. I called Paul Heyman because I knew I wasn't that popular in WWE before as Johnny Polo. I told Paul, hey, I want to come back. Are you interested in bringing me back? And he said yes. In the end, his decision to leave WCW would be one that he would come to regret. He said, I really wish I would have stayed. I wish I would have stayed because the way things worked out with Vince Russo coming in six months later and Russo being a huge fan of mine, I probably would have been in the world title mix. I know I would have got way, way more money on my contract on my next deal because it was a year from being up, so I would have probably doubled what I was already making. So it really was a stupid idea of me to go, but I wasn't having fun. It's still a huge regret. Back in ECW, Raven made his return to the company just in time for their debut on cable channel TNN. He got a huge pop from the fans for his return. Alongside his old enemy Tommy Dreamer, he won the Tag Team Championship from the Dudley Boys who were leaving for the WWF. Raven's ECW contract was just for one year 
And by the year 2000, it was becoming pretty clear that the wheels were falling off Paul Heyman's promotion. And so, the Attitude Era was in full swing and surely the character of Raven would be the perfect fit for the WWF. Raven sat down with Jim Ross to come up with an agreement. JR was the head of talent relations at the time and he was trusted to make hires himself without consulting Vince McMahon and that would explain Vince McMahon's reaction when he first saw Scott Levy back in his company almost six years after he'd left. He exclaimed, who the f*** hired Johnny Polo? That statement said a lot about McMahon's attitude. Six years had passed since Scott Levy portrayed Johnny Polo and in the interim, he'd invented one of the 90s best wrestling characters ever and had gotten it over, not only in ECW, but in WCW too. But McMahon seemed oblivious to that fact. Vince McMahon certainly had no problem pushing ex-ECW creations in the same gimmick as had made them famous previously. Rob Van Dam and the Dudley Boys thrived in the Federation, but for Raven, it was going to be a different story. Admittedly, Raven got a decent start in the company. He debuted at the Unforgiven pay-per-view in September 2000, where he interfered in a match between Taz and Jerry Lawler. He got a great reaction from the Philadelphia crowd. After teaming with Taz for a while, he moved on to the Hardcore division. In December 2000, Raven won the Hardcore title for the first time, and during his run in the WWF, he would go on to hold it for a total of 27 times. For a time, Raven became the king of the Hardcore match, and that was really what he'd be best remembered for in the WWF. During this time, Raven would be frequently helped out in his hardcore matches by a mystery woman known as the Black Ninja. It was an intriguing story, and at least they were putting some stock in Raven as a character by adding some intrigue into proceedings. On an episode of Sunday Night Heat in March 2001, the mystery woman was unmasked. It was Tori. Frustratingly, the angle was dropped after the reveal, never to be mentioned again. The Hardcore Championship match at WrestleMania 17 between him, The Big Show and Kane was one of the most memorable moments in his career. I will never forget that image from WrestleMania 17 of Raven trying to flee in a golf cart. But as fun as Raven was as multiple-time Hardcore Champion, he never had any proper rivalries and he couldn't really wrestle proper matches. He was just demoted to wrestling Hardcore matches all the time and they certainly didn't let him cut any of his amazing promos. Without the opportunity to flex his creativity, Levy quickly grew frustrated by his booking in the WWF. It didn't help things that Levy still had heat from his first run in the company back in 1994. We've already touched upon Vince McMahon's problem with Levy taking Shane out on the town every night, but neither Bruce Pritchard or Pat Patterson liked him either. Levy has always been brimming with creativity. They say he's got one of the best minds in the business, and McMahon recognised that back in the early 90s. Just before he decided to quit in 1994, McMahon made Levy an associate producer and wanted him to go on the booking committee. According to 
Levy, Bruce Pritchard took a personal disliking to him and both he and Pat Patterson felt threatened by his presence. He said, They made me an associate producer of Monday Night Raw and I had an office right across from Pat and Bruce's, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Bruce hated me. Pat didn't like me. I'm 55 years old, so I'm not going to get into a pissing contest now, but safe to say he didn't like me and we didn't get along, and I definitely don't think my best interests were at his heart. They were grooming me to be on the booking committee, which was Pat and Bruce, and I'm sure they didn't like that. Considering Pat Patterson and Bruce Pritchard still held positions of power in the WWF in 2000, it's not much of a surprise that Raven's run was as bad as it was. On his podcast, Pritchard said, I'm not sure a lot of people did get the Raven character in the WWF. When Raven first debuted in ECW, I thought they were some of the best promos and one of the best introductions of a new character that they'd ever done. And it was intriguing because they'd taken Johnny Polo and Scotty Flamingo and created this really dark, disturbing character. That's what the Raven character was all about. It was him against the world. But I think they went a little too dark in ECW with some of the stuff they were trying to do do. Any kind of momentum that Raven might have got from his success in the hardcore division was dashed when the invasion angle began. Raven totally got lost in the invasion and it was 10 months of his career that was totally wasted. He did get a lower mid-card feud against Perry Saturn, but this would be his only meaningful rivalry in the company. Saturn was in the midst of a storyline where, after suffering a head injury, he fell in love with a mop that he named Moppy. He believed that the mop was sentient and he could talk to it, a bit like Wilson from Castaway. The storyline was actually a punishment for Saturn after he went crazy and attacked a jobber for real during a squash match, but it struck a chord with the fans and they really got behind him as a fan favourite for a while. In the storyline, Terry Runnels was dating Saturn at the time and as far as she was concerned, it was either her or the mop. When Saturn decided to pick the mop over her, she was in enraged. She deserted Saturn for Raven, and Raven decided that he would get revenge on her behalf. He took Moppy and threw her into a wood chipper. In 2002, Raven served as a commentator on Sunday Night Heat, and he did a fantastic job of it. The rest of 2002 saw him relegated to Heat permanently, but he was determined to make the most of the situation. He pledged to transform the Sunday show into his own personal playground. This was supposed to initiate a story loosely based on the movie Seven that was going to revolve around the concept of the Seven Deadly Sins. It sounded like compelling stuff, but abruptly they decided to axe it. Bruce Pritchard deemed it too complicated and believed that it wasn't resonating with the fans. Raven would make one more appearance on Raw where he lost a Royal Rumble qualifying match and that marked his final bout with WWE. They decided to let him go from his contract on January the 20th, 2003. So, what went wrong with Raven in WWE? They completely missed the point of his character. The fact that his catchphrase went from being, quote, the Raven nevermore, to what about me, what about Raven, says it all. He looked like the same character that had been so effective in ECW and pretty damn entertaining in WCW, but beyond that, there was no substance. 
Scott Levy was enthusiastic about trying new ideas in WWE and he himself tried to get the Raven character over as best as he could. But as we've seen time and time again, if Vince McMahon isn't interested, then the wrestlers can only get so far. It seems that just a few too many people backstage didn't like him. Perhaps they were threatened by him. In the case of Bruce Pritchard, it certainly seems that he felt threatened by Scott Levy. So many of Scott Levy's peers talk about him as having one of the smartest minds in the wrestling industry. And you only have to watch one of his shoot interviews to see how sharp his mind truly is when it comes to the business. It's a shame then that Vince McMahon and WWE couldn't find anywhere in the organisation to make use of his incredible talent.